Hi, welcome to the Kensington Podcast, the latest in teachings from services at Kensington Church. We're one church with many locations throughout Michigan, and we're passionate about seeing God transform lives. Find out more about who we are at kensingtonchurch.org and connect with us digitally during this time of social distancing and see what we're up to on social media and our YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us for week two of our series, Beauty from Ashes, as we hear from Chris and Shauna of Clinton Township Campus. We take a look at God's people about to enter the promised land after 40 years of wandering and consider the lessons for a lifetime that were learned and should not be forgotten during the period of waiting and wandering. Have you seen? We've been celebrating on social media our move out teams and community organizations that are coming together to meet specific and critical needs in the community. We have some amazing partnerships that are happening, and we are so grateful for the way Kensington people are serving. Several of our marriage mentors, many of whom are licensed counselors, have been recording short videos on helpful tips for your marriage during quarantine. Check them out on our YouTube channel. Now, enjoy the service. Yes, you are. 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 Cause you are good all the time and all the time. You are good. You are good all the time.
so good, so good, so good you are. So good, so good, so good, so good you are. So good, so good, so good, so good you are. So good, so good, so good, so good. So good. So good, so good, so good, so good you are. So good, so good, so good, so good you are. So good, so good, so good, so good you are. People from every, people from every nation, from every generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, 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 we worship you. That song was incredible. It was powerful. I love the energy that our worship team brought today. It's such a great experience as we walk into the rest of this service. Really, it's the kind of song that makes me want to get up and dance. So let's do that. Kensington, everybody off your seats. 10 second dance party right now. Let's go. Kensington kids and their families having an awesome time together. My name is Jenny Warrens and I'm the Discipleship Director at our Birmingham campus. And I'm Justin Warrens. I'm the co-leader of our Birmingham campus and I'm a part of our central team. And we just wanted to take a moment and say welcome. We're so thankful that you have tuned in to Kensington Church online. We know many of you have just started to join us over the past few weeks. You've been experiencing the encouragement through Facebook and our social media platforms, but also these weekend services. And we wanted to give you a next step. Maybe you just started coming or you just started coming back to Kensington. We want to give you a simple next step that you can take today. You can go to kensingtonchurch.org slash hello, or you can text the word hello to 248 248- 781-2771 and our team would love to connect with you, share a few of the resources and opportunities available to you. Now we also know that the physical distancing of the last few weeks has made it hard for some of us to still feel connected, but we believe that we were created for community. So our team has been working really hard over the last few weeks to create some virtual group opportunities for you so that we can all still stay connected and keep growing in our faith. So let's hear from our discipleship directors on what some of those groups are. Hey Kensington, I think it goes without saying that this spring season we're in is unlike any other. 
and our spring schedules have changed so drastically, our discipleship team has you in mind as we are dreaming up opportunities for you to connect virtually. We literally want to meet you right where you are in your homes. In fact, for some of you, this might be the first time you ever experienced group life without ever having to leave your house. What an awesome opportunity. Our team is here to tell you about all the different groups and courses that we have to offer. Look, we might need to be physically distancing right now, but we do not need to socially isolate. What if? That's the question the discipleship team has been asking. What if this is actually an opportunity? What if joining a group has never been more accessible for you? We have open groups right now for men, for women, for singles, for couples. What if joining others for community and for spiritual growth has never been easier and you can do it right now from the comfort of your home? Maybe you've heard about our Alpha course, but if you haven't, you're going to want to jump on our website to find out more. Alpha is that space where you could come into and ask life's biggest questions, to share what's on your mind, and to hear other people's points of view. But at the heart of every Alpha course is the opportunity to build community around what it means to have a relationship with God. If finances have been causing you stress, then we invite you to join Financial Peace University. This nine lesson course taught by Dave Ramsey and facilitated by a Kensington volunteer leader will help you work out a plan to nail down a budget, defeat debt, and free yourself from money worries. You'll join a small group for lessons and discussions all rooted in biblical wisdom. Bible Basics is an opportunity to dig deeper into the big picture story of the Bible. Whether you're brand new to reading the Bible or you've been reading it for decades, you'll understand the overall flow of the Bible, how the books make a whole, and grow in awe of the amazing book. Our prayer for you is that you find real community during this time of isolation. And if you're watching this, you have the technology to do so. The author of the book of Hebrews in chapter 10 said it this way, let us think about ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect to meet together, but rather encourage one another. During this time of physical distancing, that's our prayer, that we will be connected. Virtual groups are meeting now and virtual classes start in May. If you want more information, go to kensingtonchurch.org slash groups. I know for me that community has been one of the most important things in my life. It's where I found encouragement, uh, found new friends, and I also found mentors that helped challenge me in my faith. And so if you go to kensingtonchurch.org slash groups, you can check out some of the virtual opportunities that are available to you in this upcoming season. And today, we're in our second week of our series, Beauty from Ashes. Today, you're going to get to hear from Chris Sarbaugh and Shauna Schwaninger from our Clinton Township campus, and Aaron Jones and the worship team will be leading us in worship. Again, we are so thankful that you've joined us today. You take our lives, flawed yet beautiful, restore, refine, Lord, you're merciful. 
So I love that song, Heal Our Land, and it's the prayer that we have together. I'd love to read just a few of the lyrics. It says, speak through your word. We pray every nation Christ be known. Our hope and salvation is Christ alone. And what a great prayer for us. I want to welcome you. My name is Chris Zarbaugh. I'm the lead pastor at Kensington's Clinton Township Campus. And my name is Shauna Schwaniger, and I'm the production manager at the Clinton Township Campus. And I'm so excited to be with you today for week two of our series, Beauty from Ashes. Yeah, and I'm excited that you're here, Shauna. Woo! I've never, I've never co-taught with Shauna before, and certainly never like this. But uh, we'd love to pray as we jump into it, and uh, let's just ask God to bless our time together. We're so thrilled that you've joined us for our streaming service, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, bless us today. Lord, be with us. Speak to us. I pray, Lord, whatever it is that you would have us to hear, that we would hear from you today. Lord, thank you for your blessings, for your provision, for how we see you even in the midst of uh, uncertainty every single day. And Lord, just be with us together. We ask and we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, we're going to take a moment and receive our offering at the top of our message before we get into it. Just want to say, if you're not a part of Kensington, you don't have to worry about this moment. But if you would consider partnering with us, if you're a part of Kensington, uh, maybe you've never given electronically before. Just to let you know, as you're figuring that out, whether it's by text or hitting some buttons or following the instructions on the screen, uh, just to let you know that as resources are coming in, uh, it is so important uh, for people to continue to trust God and be faithful because the mission that God has us on is more important now more than ever. Uh, just to let you know that our resources are coming in. We're being very strategic with those, but we're also sending them out by the tens of thousands uh, in COVID-19 responses, uh, helping people, assisting people. And just want to thank you because your generosity makes all of that possible. So thank you. And uh, as we jump into it, we're going to today look at week number two of Beauty from Ashes, as Shauna said. We're looking at life lessons and the lessons that we learn throughout our lives. And so Shauna, uh, I know that you told a story of a lesson that you've learned, a good lesson. Yes, it was a lesson I learned the hard way for sure. Uh, so my husband and I, we have led many short-term missions trips together. We even were overseas for a couple of years as missionaries. And one of the things about when you're going into another country is about what you can and cannot eat. Can you drink the drinking water there? All the safety precautions. And most of the time, you know, if your host cooks the food, it's safe. If it's prepackaged and you can open it, it's safe. Fruit, you can peel it, eat the inside, safe. So there's all these kind of rules to keep you safe while you're there. And so a couple of years ago, it was one of the times we were in Haiti. We ended up purchasing a bunch of different fruit and food from a market because our Haitian house was going to teach us how to cook it. And so I actually have a picture of some of the feasts that we had. It was amazing. They taught us how to cook fried plantains. They were delicious. And they also taught us how to cook this food called breadfruit. I had never heard of it before, but it was so good. Oh my goodness. Even right now, I'm just salivating at just the thought of this food. It was so, so good. And so we had a blast. It was awesome to learn this stuff. And so the next day we're up in this tiny little village up in the mountains and along the roadside, there are some people selling some freshly made food. We find out they have breadfruit. So it's like, okay, yes. And so we're like, just give me this food. We're eating it. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Give me more. Give me more. Oh, it's amazing. Not once, not once did I think, hmm, from um how did they clean this um what kind of utensils did they use to cut it open with Ooh, it's on a gasoline fire from trash should i be concerned nope i was just like give me more of this so good until about 24 hours later when my body said no this is not good this is so not good and for the next two weeks every single decision in my life 
small or big was based on the proximity to a bathroom, okay? Right? Like, oh my gosh, it was the worst. I totally learned my lesson, but it was so good though. The food was so good. Oh. Yeah, and those of us who have been on a business trip uh, and have learned that lesson with you, you only have to learn that lesson one time. One time. <laughs> So good. So the lesson that I thought of when we were talking, I thought about uh, uh, recently, just like you, I've been obviously stuck in my home, you know, for this quarantine. And so just recently, my kids came to me and said, hey, every year I hide their Easter baskets because that's a tradition that we do. And they said, uh, since you've been at home, you probably have more time to think about it. Uh, so uh, you better make it challenging. And I thought, oh, oh, oh this is a lesson that they're going to learn. So I put together a real short clip to let you know um, how I responded to their challenge. So watch this. Where's your Easter baskets? I think you've overdone the garage. Nothing in there. <laughs> Could it fit in this thing? Did I mention that yours is harder? It's already done all of this. I don't understand. I don't know where it could be. We're like an hour in. It's not there. Look at the camera and tell that you wanted the bar high. I did. <laughs> I did want the bar high. Found it. Told you, I was like, dude, you should hide it in a god dang it. Sucks. I didn't open this one, that was good. Um, why did you let me do that? It is in here. <laughs> nice, Woo! good job, son. So, we have fun every year, uh, hiding baskets, at least I do. And um, my kids actually learned a long time ago not to challenge me to make it difficult. So it's, it's just a really great time for us. And so, but let me ask you, uh, but, you know, start off by asking this question. How many of us know what it's like to learn a lesson the hard way or uh, to realize that it takes way too long for us to learn our lesson, right? For a lot of us, we even have people warn us, maybe even like wise people who go before us in life who warn us. But somehow we have to learn by ourselves by making our own mistakes, or perhaps maybe uh, you know, for you, you, uh, you make the same mistake over and over and over, and then it takes you a long time to even realize the lesson that you've been, you know, kind of learning over time. Or maybe for you, uh, it, you don't even learn the lesson. And maybe you get to the end of your life, and somebody reminds you and says, man, you just never seem to have learned this lesson. But life lessons sometimes can be difficult. Yes, it'd be so much easier if we could just snap our fingers, we'd know it, and we could continue on. But that's not life. It's more like the most difficult lessons are the ones you talked about, Chris, that it takes an entire lifetime to learn. And we go through these cycles where we get it and it's right in front of us. But soon as it kind of gets off our radar, we forget about it, right? Or that they're so big, they're so almost so elusive to us that it takes too much energy to feel to focus on it and even remember some of the lessons in that. You know, and if you're talking to someone who's maybe at the end of their life and how they've had to learn these lessons and how they talk about maybe the ones they wish they would have learned earlier, the things of the regret, missed opportunities, or how they learned lessons, but it all came too late in life. And probably one of the most popular lessons you hear is learning what is most important in life. And unfortunately, it feels like we don't learn that right away. It takes our entire lifetime to really realize that. It almost seems elusive to us. Like there's no way that we can fully grasp the entirety of that lesson for us to even be able to live it out. 
And it's like, if it's there, we got it. But as soon as something else in life comes along, we're distracted, you know? I feel like sometimes I'm like Doug the dog from the movie Up. You know, he's this talking dog and he's focused, he's got it. And then all of a sudden he's like, squirrel, right? We get the lesson, but then something distracts us and we're, we have to learn it all over again. I love Doug the dog. Yeah, he's good. He says, you are my best friend. I love you. <laughs> hey, um, I just, we, th we thought about the context of this scripture that we're about to dive into uh, from Deuteronomy chapter eight. And, and it's so relevant to the situation that we find ourselves in right now, because I believe that we're in a place, all of us, where we are kind of like really longing for this thing to be over. And so we're all thinking to ourselves, I wonder if it's going to be over. You know, we hope that it's going to be over in a couple of weeks at the end of April. But in the back of our minds, we really know it's probably not going to happen that way in Michigan. And then not only that, but then we're starting to wonder, uh, how's life going to look? You know, and so we actually uh, think to ourselves, um, you know, like, uh, gosh, I'm wondering about so many things. And I can't wait for the life to get back to what is normal, if, if that's even a thing. Well, we find in the scriptures that the children of Israel are going through the exact same thing. Uh, this is the portion of scripture where they have been, uh, you know, kind of like forbidden to enter into the promised land. Uh, they were kind of exiled. It was like a prototype exile. The definition of exile is to be, you know, uh, restricted from going into your homeland. And so they, of course, were held as slaves. And then Moses comes along and then delivers them from slavery. And then they were promised a land by God. But then God uh, said that you're not going to enter the land. And so it was God who... Um, you know, kind of like um, curse them to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. And so that time is coming to an end. And they are very anxious for that time to come to an end, which is just like us. And they are dying to get into a society where the economy is going to start booming. They want to plant, to build, to grow. They want to get back to something that seems kind of normal because after all, life in the wilderness was far from normal. If it's very isolated, just like us, uh, certainly it felt less than Certainly, it felt very restricted from the life that they wanted to be living. And yet, right in the middle of this, they're still in the middle of this wilderness isolation moment. And Moses gives them a warning or a piece of advice. It's a lesson learned. And these are, these are big lessons over a lifetime. And he's saying to them, before you get into the busyness of getting into the promised land, and you're going to get caught up with that living, I want you to remember some things. So I want you to pay attention to... Uh, how many times that Moses uses the word remember and the phrase don't forget. So we've highlighted that for you because after all, remember, they're in the midst of it, just like we are. And they're anticipating and Moses is trying to say, before you move on, there's something for you to learn. Look at verse number two. Moses says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character. In other words, what he's saying is, when you finally get out of here, don't forget the lessons you've learned in the wilderness quarantine. Now, I know that it's not an official quarantine in the scripture because they're not being, you know, restricted from the promised land because of a physical disease. However, they are being restricted from the promised land of being infected with sin. So you could say it's sort of a spiritual quarantine. But either way, it's pretty similar. And so Moses is saying, before you get out of here, remember the lessons you've learned in here. Then he goes on for a few verses, and then he starts to paint a picture, a vision of what it's going to be like when they finally get back into the busyness of life. Yeah, and so that's where we're going to pick it up here in verses 12 through 14. And he says, For when you have become full and prosperous, and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, and your silver and gold have multiplied, 
along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. So here Moses is telling them like, okay guys, you're about to go into the promised land and it's gonna be incredible. Like you're gonna have these fine homes. You're gonna have gold and silver and it's gonna multiply. You're gonna be able to provide for yourself and for your family. You're gonna have everything that you need and probably everything you want, right? The economy is gonna boom. You're gonna be like consumed with like, what's my net value? And all these things are gonna happen. You're gonna get to live life, this life that you have been dreaming of. But then Moses pauses and says, but be careful. Be careful not to forget the lessons that you have learned in our quarantine wilderness experience. Do not forget these lessons. Now, personally, when I read that, I'm like, well, how could you forget 40 years in the wilderness? Like, you don't just forget that. But then I am reminded of how I myself forget things all the time. I have a list in my phone that I'm constantly telling Siri what to remind me of, things that I should not be reminded of, like feed my children, feed the dog, you know? We forget these things. Okay, not really, I feed my children, no one worry about that. But we forget. But it wasn't so much of the event that Moses wanted us to for them to remember, he wanted to remember God in it. And so let's pick it up here in verses 15 and 16. And it says, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. So he's painting this picture of what their wilderness experiences was like. Now, I don't think I would have survived. I mean, to be really honest, their wilderness was nope, no way, okay? First of all, they didn't have Netflix, um, but they also had like deadly snakes and scorpions I would have been running, I don't know where to, because I would have been stuck in the wilderness, but there's no way. But he's saying this though, to remind them that God was there. Like he protected them from these dangers. And when you didn't have water to drink, he's like, remember how God provided that for us? Like miraculously through a rock, okay? And when you were hungry and you had no food to eat, don't you remember that God provided for us? Every single day when you woke up and you're like, I'm hungry, we have nothing. God showed up with this food that your ancestors didn't even know existed before. He's going through their experience to remind them, not just of the overall experience, but to say, look how God was there. And look how we learned how to depend on him day after day after day. Yeah, and that, there's a lot found in those verses. That's a really rich uh, you know, passage, those couple of verses, because... Uh, after all, the lessons that they have learned are pretty large, and it would be great if you go home and read through the, the bronze serpent in the wilderness and everything that they were facing. But, but, the, but the point of Moses reminding them is he's, he's referring back to, again, lifelong lessons, and he's saying, do you realize that you need to uh, recognize your dependency on God? And, and by the way, just as a side note, I, I love the scriptures because I believe it is so relevant. Uh, this passage is so relevant for us because isn't it true these are the same primary lessons that we're facing and that we're seeing. As you consider all the posts that you're seeing on social media, the different videos, the conversations that we're having with people, even the things that we feel rising up within us. After all, what Moses is saying is, is he's saying, hey, when death is near, then don't you realize that you look to God and you depended on him, uh, which is the same thing that we've been, you know, kind of our senses have been heightened to because when death is near, we find ourselves looking to God more now than ever with things that are around us that are pretty scary. 
And he's saying like uh, every day is uncertain. That's the whole purpose of manna. If you go back and read that story, they woke up every day saying, okay, God, today's a brand new day. And just because you provided yesterday, I need to trust you for today. And so it's so incredible how this happened so long ago and how the situation was so incredibly different. And yet on a, on a you know, humans, when you consider the, the basic emotions and, and the, and the uh, things that humans wrestle with, uh, it's really not that much different. And so we have learned to depend on God every day as well. Yeah. And then he continues on to remind them of some other things here in verses 17 and 18. He says, he did all of this. So you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. He is the one that gives you the power. And, you know, I hope that. When all of this is done and we look back at our time of our own isolation in this crazy time of life, that we will see that it was because of God, because God was in control. Not anything that I did or that you did. You know, I think previously to this quarantine experience, many of us thought, well, I worked really hard for, you know, this. I had this job. It's because of my skills, my talent, the opportunities that I made happen. So I was able to provide for myself, my family. But really, this has been a really good reminder that it really is God. He's the one that actually gave you those skills. He gave you the talent. He's the one who's given you the opportunities. That he is the one that gives us the power to be successful, just like Moses talked about. It all comes back to him and that he is the one who is in control. And for us not to forget that, but to remember that it all comes back to him, to God. Now, I hope that it's soon and sooner than later that we are able to leave our quarantine and go back into life, whatever that may look Amen. like. Hallelujah. Oh man, we are so hoping for that. But before we get back into that, before we get busy with all that society has to offer, let's remember and not forget. Let's take the words that Moses spoke over and over again. Remember, don't forget. Now I'm not saying don't forget this global pandemic, right? There's no way you're probably like, how could you forget this, right? For almost a couple of months now, we've been quarantined into our homes. Uh, there's been no toilet paper, right? There's these crazy stories that we're going to be telling our grandkids and their kids and their kids. You're right. We are probably not going to forget the event of COVID-19. But it's not just forgetting about the event. It's about God in the center of all of this. But I'm fully aware that some of us actually kind of struggle with that. That maybe we're not too sure if God has been a part of this or how... Is he even good? And I get that. And so I would encourage you to admit that. Admit your struggles. Admit the, these things that you're feeling and that you're thinking to God. And ask him maybe to help you to see him in the midst of this. That he can maybe shift your perspective and to see him. And for those of us who are Christ followers, may we remember the goodness of God and the lessons that he is showing us through this season of our lives. May we remember his faithfulness and how he's provided for us and truly how he's bringing beauty up from the ashes. It's really amazing how a major event like this really does shift our perspective and we begin to see our priorities in a different way. I don't know about you, but before the quarantine, my calendar was pretty full and everything on that calendar I deemed very important. But I have a feeling that after this quarantine, my calendar is gonna look different because my priorities have shifted. 
I'm seeing things in a different way and the things that are more important now are definitely different than what was before the quarantine because my calendar represents my time and my time is what I value most and what I'm going to invest in. I know for me, one of the most important things that I've seen in a clear way is just the importance of family. You know, there's family that my husband and I would probably only, you know, talk or text for birthdays and holidays. But now we're, we're in these daily chats with each other, constantly communicating. We're seeing things in a different way. God is shifting our perspective on what really should be our priorities and what is most important to us. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a lot of us are learning that. Uh, I certainly am resonating with what you're saying because I think that a lot of us are learning things uh, and maybe we don't even realize we're learning them. Um, so here's what I did. I sat down and asked my family. I said, hey, let me jot down some of the ideas. Uh, what are some of the things that you had either been seeing from other people around the world, quite frankly, uh, in some conversations that you're having and some things that you're feeling? What are some things you think that you're learning? So I jotted them down. Hang on, let me go get it. So these are, see, that represents us right there uh, wanting to get out of quarantine. <laughs> and uh, yeah. this, I mean, listen, I, I realize I could put these on the screen on the graphics, but what fun is that, right? So uh, here we go. We're going to follow along on my little whiteboard. Uh, first thing I wrote down was person-to-person -person relationships. I think that a lot of us could say that when we go back to normal, uh, we're really going to value that. We've taken that for granted. I mean, that's a big thing that we uh, have been denied from, you know, denied of. Uh, the privilege of working, just the idea of like, hey, I'm going to appreciate my job more and everything that goes with that. Uh, time with family, just like Shauna had mentioned. Um, heroes truly defined. And my daughter, what she said was, hey, maybe the posters on our wall are, are going to change. You know, instead of athletes, maybe we'll understand that, you know, a true hero and the courage and the sacrifice. Not that athletes don't do that. Anyway, the point is, is that she went on and said, like the kindness and love of humanity, you know, just noticing that the goodness there's goodness in the world and that people are, you know, just this, this goodness is rising up and, and, and people are just great. Um, the new appreciation of school teachers. Uh, isn't it true that a lot of us, especially uh, moms I know at home who are homeschooling, we appreciate teachers like never before. Um, we wrote down the awareness of those most vulnerable. Uh, just, you know, overlooking those who are, are vulnerable and, you know, are forgotten in society. And then perhaps the, the most powerful two here is the illusion of control. And, you know, meaning that we think that we have control over our lives, but it's actually the illusion of control. And then uh, ultimately our dependency on God. And so I'm thinking about like all these things that are rising to the surface and the things that we're learning. Now, I, here's why I find this interesting, because I believe that those are the same values that God has said has been important from the very beginning. I find it very coincidental, right? Like Joey, you know, coincidental, using the, using the quotations in the right place. Uh, it's coincidental, but it's not because you may not recognize it from being from God if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christ follower. You'd say, well, that's just, you know, the spirit of humanity. Those are just things that are, that are good. And I would just challenge you or invite you to consider that the reason why this is common around the world, the reason why we're seeing these same values rise up from everyone around the world, you know, regardless of what language you speak or what race, uh, you know, that you're from or uh, what part of the world you're from or what culture you're a part of is because God has designed us all the same way. He's created us to live out these things. And when the distractions of the world have been kind of placed aside, all of a sudden what we're seeing is that God is calling us back to remember, to not to forget 
these great lifelong lessons of why we're created and what's most important in life. So even in the midst of everything we're going through and all these negative emotions and worry and anxiety, it's possible to, under, you know, to, to see that God is going to bring beauty from ashes and he's going to bring these things that he wants us to recognize that perhaps could change the trajectory for the rest of our lives to set the course in a better direction even after life gets back to what we hope to be semi-normal. Um, isn't it true that even in the midst of your greatest tragedy that God brings out lifelong lessons? Think about the time where you've struggled the most or gone through the season of your life where you, know, you went through a trying event. Um, you, know, you still learn great things from it. God, God has this ability to, you know, to bring great uh, from bad. So let me give you an example. The thing I was thinking of was the time that my wife and I experienced two miscarriages back to back. So I've got a 26-year-old daughter, Sarah, and a 21-year-old son, Stephen, and then a 20-year-old daughter, Tori. And so in between Sarah and Stephen, we had two miscarriages when Sarah was very little. She was probably one or two years old, and my wife was very far along in our first uh, pregnancy, and we lost the baby, and it was devastating, absolutely devastating. And then right after that, she got pregnant just about as soon as she could. And then we had another miscarriage. And then finally, got, you know, God gave us Stephen and Tori after that. Thank, thank God for the blessings of that. But, but through those losses, I look back and a lot of things come to mind. But you know what stands out the most? That our marriage was strengthened more during those moments than any, any time up to that point in our marriage. God somehow used those two miscarriages and those those, uh, you know, months to do something in our marriage that was so incredibly powerful. Now, do I believe looking back that God caused the two miscarriages for the purpose of strengthening our marriages? No, not, not even close. I don't believe that that's consistent to who God is. I, I believe that, you know, the miscarriages were a result of living in a broken world. You know, to, you know under the bondage of sin, Roman 8, Romans 8 tells us that we live in a broken world and bad things happen. I believe that God never wastes a tear and he never wastes a hurt. I think that in the midst of brokenness, that God is with us and somehow God is still in the business of bringing beauty from ashes. From you know, He brings hope from hopelessness. And so even in the midst of everything we're going through, it is time now in the middle of it. Just like Moses was saying, before you go on, because I know you're anticipating it. I know you're dying for it to get here. But before you take a first step, take a minute not to forget. Remember, don't forget. Now, what I love about this passage as well is that not only um, was Moses, you know, saying kind of the same things that we're learning, but I believe that God's desire for his children way back then is God's desire for us today. Because when we go back into, again, a life that we would hope to be semi-normal, we already know that things are going to be a lot different. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a lot of experts that are trying to debate how much is going to change. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to operate different uh, that won't even be the same. And so we're trying to anticipate what's going to be normal, what's going to be the same, what's going to change. And I believe that uh, one of the most important truths that we can realize is this, is that when life gets busy again, the biggest change will be us. Out of all the things that will be different, hopefully, the thing that will have changed the most is us. And I think it's impossible for our generation to have gone through this on a worldwide scale, this pandemic, and not come out at the other end, uh, you know, not a changed people. And so we need to recognize that out of all the changes that are going to take place, hopefully we're going to live in and not forget the biggest change that God wants to do in us. 
And by the way, that's God's desire always. God's desire always is to change us. He, he, he tells us that he, his, his goal is to transform us from glory to glory and to, the, to, to be closer like Jesus Christ until one day we get to heaven and are made perfect. As we struggle in this world, we're constantly wanting to, you know, to learn and to, and to be more like Christ. And this is just one of the ways that God can uh, grab our attention in the midst of this pandemic. And so I'm going to just ask you this question. Uh, have you begun to ask God to teach you or to show you that which we need to hear from him or the things that we need to see? How is it that we need to adjust our schedule? How is it that we need to uh, start to think about life? In fact, we've written down uh, three questions for you to consider. So as we come to the end of our time together, uh, as we're moving on to our closing songs, I just would love to put up three questions on the screen and for you to take just a moment and consider these questions. Here's the first one. Have you allowed God to shift your perspective during this season? Have you gotten to the place yet where you have said, God, I'm willing to hear from you. And if, and if maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, I haven't learned many things yet, Chris, or maybe I've learned some things and I don't recognize them as being from God, that maybe you would posture your heart in such a way to where you'd say, God, please shift my perspective. Help me to see the things that you want me to see right now in the midst of this season. Number two, should your calendar reflect different priorities post-quarantine? Uh, you know, should they look different? Should your calendar look different? Like Shauna was saying earlier, you know, after we get back into the daily routine of life, wouldn't it be great even now? I don't think it's too early to start thinking about, God, how is it that you want me to live my life perhaps maybe in a different way? So I don't get back in the routine and forget about it. Right now, I'm going to determine. I'm going to set my steps and I'm going to put my priorities in line so that when I get back to the busyness of life, I will be on the trajectory of, you know, of the life that you want me to live. And then here's the third one. What are some things that you can do right now to live out who God is calling you to be? I mean, God gives us opportunities now, even in the holding pattern that we find ourselves in. To, to, to perhaps live out a different value that's rising to the surface. And so if maybe it's, if it's different for you, if God is bringing to light some things, maybe even now that we would start to live those out, and that things would change in us now, so that when we do hit the ground running, that God has already begun a great work that he wants to continue on in a greater way. And so as we consider these questions, I just pray that we would have the same heart that the children of Israel had, you know, being super excited for what's to come, but yet uh, remembering not to forget all that they've learned in their time of unprecedented isolation. And I pray that we would be a people that would continually do this, not just now, not just in this season, but all throughout life, that we would constantly be willing to ask God the hard questions and be willing to listen to the answer. And so ask God to whisper to us, or in some cases, even shout to us in our pain, C.S. Lewis says, right, that he shouts in our pain, that whatever the answer is, whatever it is that he would have us realize, that we would recognize that, that there is good that can come from the season that we're in, and that these are lessons that God would perhaps use for the rest of our lives. So may we be a people that would ask those questions, be willing to hear, but then have the courage to respond and set our feet toward the direction that he wants us to go for the lives that he wants us to live, to the impact that he wants us to make. And I pray that we would 
Just being people willing to do that. It all starts with the posture of saying, God, what is it that you want me to learn? So, uh, Sean, I'd love for you to pray for us as we move into our time uh, closing songs. All right, let's pray together. God, we just thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much that you are a faithful God, that you are the God who's been providing for us, that is showing up, God, in the moments of these days where it seems like there is no hope, God, that you truly are the God of hope and that you are bringing beauty from the ashes all around us. And I pray that as we continue in this season of life, God, that these lessons that you are showing us, as you show us more of who you are and who we are in you, God, that these would go down deep into our hearts, God, that these would not just be moments right now, but God, it truly would be setting a new course for our lives, that we would become more and more like you, God. And I pray for those of us that are struggling, that have questions, that are unsure, God, I pray that we would meet you, Jesus. I pray that you would show us and through your Holy Spirit, you would guide us and we journey with you to see the goodness, see the hope that you have to offer us, God, and that we would remember, that we'd remember who you are and whose we are, that we would be everything that you are calling us to be, Jesus. We love you so much and I thank you, God, that you are continuing to teach us. May we have ears to hear, God, and eyes to see, God. We love you so much, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, one thing that I kept hearing as they were speaking and, and reading the scriptures is there was this phrase that kept being spoken, don't forget. Don't forget what I've brought you from. Don't forget what I've done for you. Don't forget who I am and don't forget what I will do. And I hear that phrase and I hear God saying it. And I, and I love this next song, Never Lost, because it says, God, you've never lost a battle and you never will. And so my hope for you is that this song is an encouragement and that this song serves as that reminder that God is fighting battles for you. God is fighting battles for you even right now, even though it doesn't look like it and you can't figure out what he's doing in this situation, God is still going before you and fighting that battle. So I pray that you can catch these lyrics and, and sing along wherever you are and declare that, God, you've never lost a battle and you never will. Sing this together. Miracles when you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. Your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able. And my God, come through again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost a battle. I I know you never will. Everything is possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. My walls are all crashing down and 
right now. I know you're able, and my God, come do again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail, cause you never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost the battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost the battle. No, no, you never lost the battle. I know, I know. You never will, cause you never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost a battle. You never lost a battle, and you never will. You never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost a battle. You never lost a battle, and you never will. Yeah. Whoa. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. You never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost a battle. I know, I know you never will. You can do all things, yeah. Can do all things but fail. You never lost a battle. No, no, you never lost a battle. I know, I know you never will. I know, I know you never will. I know you never will. We never First, I just want to say thank you to our worship team for leading us so beautifully today. You know what I love about that song as I think about the lyrics is the reminder of who God is, that his character is, is faithfulness. He is faithful and because he's faithful, we can trust him even in our circumstances that feel a little bit uncertain right now. And when I couple that with the reflection questions that Chris and Shauna posed to us today, I am finding myself really thinking about uh, the perspective shifts that God is taking me on. And as I think about our family and being a family of four, how is our calendar going to look different? Because I know we've experienced some really beautiful intentional moments together during this stay at home time. And my hope is that those, in, those moments will inform what our calendar looks like in the future. Yeah, I think those questions are the beginning of a conversation for all of us. As Jenny said, with our four kids and the chaos that we are navigating, to now step into the new future with a different perspective, it's going to be this ongoing journey for us. So we just want to say thank you for joining us this weekend. Uh, this is our second week of our Beauty From Astrid series. Next week is the last week, and we're so excited for that and looking forward to that. Also, as a reminder, our midweek service happens at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and it's around the theme of life interrupted. 
And right now, if, if you feel like you'd like somebody to pray with you, to talk with you, you can go to kensingtonchurch.org and click on the chat bubble. And our team right now is ready and waiting to connect with you uh, at this very moment. Thank you so much for being here and have an incredible